Hello and welcome to another special edition of Forces Sport. This week we're talking to Commonwealth Games gold medalist Luke Pollard, also an RAF tour athlete, but also a guide for the British visually impaired athlete Dave Ellis, and he conquered the world this year at the Commonwealth Games. Welcome, Luke. Thank you so much for talking to us. Only a few weeks ago, um, you have you come down from Cloud Nine yet? Um, yeah, it's been pretty busy, busy few weeks to be honest. Like, I mean, we had obviously commies, and then you know that went well, <laughs> and then. Uh, only a week after we had a um, World Series race in Swansea, so it was a bit of back-to-back. -back. Um, I was able to get a week off after that, um, just to mellow out, chill out. But uh, yeah, getting back into it now because you know we've got the second half of the season to come. That is a question that we always ask. <laughs> after you've just achieved something mm. so special, so amazing, how long does it take an athlete just to let that moment sink in and, and just perhaps reset yourself? I know you didn't have much time before the next event, but Commonwealth Games gold medal winner. That's a huge achievement. So, is that something? You, are you getting free drinks at the pub? How does it? How does it work? Yeah, I think uh, I think Team England looked after us after the race. Uh, after all the racing was done, all the uh, relays went off, and uh, yeah, we might have had a, might have had a few free ones. But uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah a, about a week after Swansea, and then I just took a week off and just had to reset. You know, it'd be quite nice to spend some time with the family. Obviously, sport is this level is very intense and it's it's quite selfish in some respects so uh it's quite nice to just give back and spend get the balance right so this was an achievement that you could share with friends and family mm. oh yeah i mean that was that was probably the arguably the best bit about it like you know I, i'm really lucky that i get to race all across the world with dave and obviously on my own but it's quite expensive for family to follow you around and not everyone's free all the time so uh it's obviously the last few years especially they've not really been able to see me race much um so it's absolutely fantastic to cross the line and then immediately see everyone who's been there every step of the way supporting you. You gave us, our colleagues, um, John and, and Kyle, an incredible post sort of race interview. And, you know, we're talking weeks on now and how you're sort of how you're coming to terms with it. But how adrenaline fueled are you post race? You guys, could, the, the smile could not be wiped from your faces. I'm sure that's a genuine reflection of how pleased you were to get that gold. Yeah, definitely. I think not only for me, but like for Dave, obviously being being with him every single day and seeing everything that he goes through and how hard he pushes himself to uh, to be, you know, the athlete he is. Um, to see it actually come in like, oh, we've absolutely nailed that race. That has gone exactly how I wanted it to go. We've had no misfortune this time. And then, yeah, just knowing how it affects Dave, like makes, you know, me just get all like excited about it. And that's why I, that's why I do what I do, because like I'm able to see Dave like achieve these goals first hat like I am right next to him achieving him with it and yeah I think that's just pretty special and I do enjoy like watching him do really well when he puts all this work in. Well look there is a backstory here and, and Luke and his partner Dave Ellis suffered at the Tokyo Olympic Games last year if you can cast your mind back to that dark moment in your sporting career what happened and how much of a psychological setback was that with everything that you've managed to achieve this time around? Yeah, so uh, Tokyo Paralympics was actually about 12 months ago to the day, really, um, which is a bit of a weird one because obviously you've seen it on social media and it's a bit, oh, I don't know if I'm quite ready, but to like, you know, uh, deal with it fully, fully yet. Um, but it's still hard to think about. Yeah, it is a bit. I think it gets better as time goes on, I guess. And like, I think the Commonwealth was like a huge boost and a huge like, 
we've achieved something in this like this time but yeah during um tokyo paralympics we unfortunately suffered a a break of the chain like the chain that connects me and dave called the timing chain so um essentially we didn't have really any power to the bike uh, i tried my very best at the side of the road to fix it um with everything like i could like i could like i was even trying to bite the metal like together to so is that something that an athlete can do when you're on the course can you guys actually if you've got a breakdown in kit you can not like in Formula One, where, where the driver has to do something to his car. Can you guys actually administer some first aid to the machine? Yeah, definitely. I think that's. Uh, I think maybe that's where um, Triathlon has some work to do in terms of there is no uh, spare bikes or anything like that. So if you do suffer a broken chain, you are essentially out of the race unless somehow you can fix a broken chain with uh, with what you've got available to you. And no one really carries spares around with them. So yeah, I did, I did try my best, but unfortunately, yeah, I just wasn't able to really get connected properly back together. And then, yeah, so we had to abandon the race. Yeah, so that was about 12 months ago. That was, yeah, pretty hard to take. Obviously, the first few weeks were just uh, pretty hellish. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, we, we bounced back off that. I think both me and Dave, like, used each other to go, right, okay, let's not have this. Let's not just sit on this and mope around. Let's get back into it. We had Europeans, we had Worlds left of that season. We won both of those and we were like, right, okay, let's keep going, let's focus on the next thing. And luckily enough, it was, uh, it was Commonwealth this year. But it, I mean, it, it, as, an, as an outsider, we're looking in and go, well, you know, they're still amazing. They're still one of the world's best because we know that it, it, you didn't lose because of something you did. But is that harder that, it's, that you knew that you were capable of winning had that not happened? Yeah, I think the amount of work we put into Tokyo um, oh, it was just unbelievable. It was just like obviously every day but it's just the hours it was all the heat preparation because like the the heat in, in Tokyo in Japan was just like ridiculous uh, over there it was yeah. it was savage to be honest uh, and I think it showed like there were athletes all over the place every sport everyone suffered um, and it just made that so much harder and we'd done all the prep for it it all gone right and uh, unfortunately it was sort of taken away from us mm. um, but then you know, 12 months later, I think we've both reflected a bit on it where it still, it still hurts a little bit, but I, you know, we're classing Tokyo as like, what a great experience, because it is. Like, at the end of the day, we went to a Paralympic Games. Um, obviously, this is, that was Dave's second Paralympic Games, but it was my first. Um, and yeah, obviously, the situation was a bit different with COVID and stuff like that. And obviously, the result wasn't what we wanted. But as an experience as a whole, being able to the next day cheer on like, um the different category classes in triathlon and cheer on our teammates was like i've never experienced anything like it to say the crowd was so small it was just literally countries of competitors it, the noise was still like almost tenfold the amount of people um and it was yeah it was, it was to be fair that whole experience was a really good experience and i'm really happy that um you know we, we were able to come away from it and reflect on it a bit better now because of the pandemic the games were shifted a year and because of the pandemic, it means that the cycle, the turnover for the next Olympics or mm. Paralympics, yeah. I should say, is shorter. So you've only got a couple of years to go now. So fueled by that disappointment, are you gunning for Paris 2024? Yeah, I think um, I think you've got, we've got to really. I think, you know, we are, like you say, we're very fortunate. It's only a three year cycle this time around. It's actually, you know, a year, it was a year ago to, from Tokyo, but it's actually two years to like now. Um, we're looking to Paris and like two years is not a long time to you know get all the preparations right make sure everything's 
the bike works. <laughs> um, and to make sure that we're in good shape and, you know, get there and deliver. So, you know, if you sit around and think about and you mope around too much, it's going to come around quicker than you think and you're going to be behind. So, yeah, we've we put focus on to Paris now. I think obviously qualification isn't doesn't start till June next year. So we've still got to finish this season. But yeah, essentially, you know, that's that's where we want to go. That's where we want. And it's a short hop across the water. So mm -hmm. hopefully friends and family can be there as well. Mm. Well, yeah, I think, you know, in uh, at the commies, we had sort of like uh, an Ellis Pollard corner. Right, right. Um, that <laughs> whole was, corner. It was, uh, it was like a whole corner of uh, people wanting to, uh, you know, friends and family. Actually, a lot of people from the RAF actually came down, which was actually really nice. That's quite a lot of messages from, you know, people I, you know, haven't, haven't spoke to. I think that's it with the, with the military. Like you could, you know, you might lose touch with someone for like four years, but then all of a sudden they'll pop up and be like, oh, I'm coming, you know, I'm only 10 minutes down from Birmingham. I'll come and cheer you on. And it, it, honestly, like the noise was, unbelievable and uh, hopefully the support will be even better at Paris. It's, it's quite a hard question to answer because you, there's no sort of control in the sense that do you think what happened in Tokyo, and I don't want to bang on about it, this will be the last question on it, but um, do you think that gave you the impetus for a, a really good year that you've had ending possibly in the Commonwealth Games in that gold? Do you think it would have made any difference if you'd been successful in some way in Tokyo I don't know whether the drive changes, the sort of, you know, the, the ambition changes because you've had that misfortune to succeed at the Commonwealth. Um, it's hard to say, really. It's hard. Like, it's hard yeah, I think there's. If it, I can say one, like, there's one thing that Dave is, and it's like the guy's unbelievably driven. Like he's, well, he's 36 years old now, and you'd think he's like 20 years old, like proper whippersnapper, just. The amount of work he puts in for training, the amount of effort he puts in for racing is, is unbelievable. I've, I've never actually uh, met another af athlete with like his worth work ethic towards training and uh, preparation for races. So like he really puts in the hours and uh, yeah, I think regardless of what, what's, what happens, I think like, you know, we've, we've had a really good season this year. We've, uh, we're actually unbeaten and you know, he still wants to drive it further because I think he wants to just see like you know the sport grow and although he's not gonna be able to do it on his own like he's gonna put as much in, into it as he can to do his part I guess. Well let's just take you back a little bit what prompted you then to are you are you a volunteer for the for the GB Paralympic program or how did, the, did they approach you how is it that you are part of this GB Paralympic program as a guide for Dave? Yeah so um Back in 2018, uh, at the end of 2018, they, British Triathlon put like a sort of recruitment process out looking for some new guides to essentially, you know, guide. Um, there was uh, three athletes, uh, three visually impaired athletes that needed guides for, um, for, the to for Tokyo, like, you know, leading up into that uh, 2020. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know, sort of, I saw it on Facebook and social media and stuff like that. and. Um, it's something I'd always actually been interested in, like, you know, guiding, I think. I don't know really what prompted in my head, but yeah, I sort of just stuck my name in and I ro rocked up to that recruitment process. It was like a week, uh, weekend, sorry. And um, yeah, the amount of people was, that were interested was staggering. I've never, like, the people there who, like, are elite, elite triathletes who I'd been racing with, like, for years. And it's like, oh God, he's here. Oh, she's here. Oh, he's here. And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to be, like, no way I'm going to get picked here. But yeah, um, I was lucky enough to actually uh, 
Do you think they looked at your background, your military background, yeah. and, and thought that this makes this candidate stand out a bit more? Because in the military, you do need those excellent communication skills. Yeah, I th actually think it, um, like, all right, my numbers were good for the testing, but then I think, like, there was added bits, you know, there, were, there was an interview process, there was, like, um, almost like a psychology sort of, like, process of it, and I do think, like, my experience with the RAF and me having more life experience and maybe a couple of years older than some of the other guys, but I'd obviously had all the um, training from the RAF and I, I honestly do think that actually helped me get to where I am today. But ultimately, it's about your relationship with Dave and no one knew then, because even through an interview process and possibly time you'd spent with Dave, no one knew that it would be successful. So what is it about you and Dave that has to click um, to make it work? What do you think, is it similarities in your character or is it differences in your character that makes it work? Or well, he can't um, see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the... Uh, Hasn't seen your face. <laughs> the, uh, like Dave is an extremely easy guy to get on with. Uh, he's got on with like every guy that's been, you know, uh, that's worked with him in the past years. Like, have everyone, everyone's, everyone's really friendly. Everyone gets on and it's, a quite, it's quite good. He's had so many guides in the past that, you know, there's like a little group of us, but everyone's in it for the same reason. Everyone just wants to get Dave, you know, help Dave get to the finish line. He's and broken all of them apart from you. <laughs> well, you say apart Not from yet. me, but he's broken me a few <laughs> times, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, but he has actually got a bit of a rap for uh, pushing his guides into, way into the red, into the, uh, into the pain locker, so, and I'm no exception. But uh, yeah, like him being really easy to go on with, like, yeah, it's just, and we're quite similar um, personality-wise, which, which obviously helps, we got a good banter. Yeah, no, it does work. And um, when did it become obvious that you know because you said that the the f most frustrating thing about Tokyo and the great thing about the Commonwealth Games is that you knew that you were race ready and that your perfect race you felt was Commonwealth Games do you know that at the start line or is that just something that comes clear once once you've done the race um I mean because I work with Dave so much and he works with me so much like uh, we know we know when each other's feeling good uh we know how each other's reacts and stuff like that so even like a week leading up into the race like he'll already know that oh well luke's like oh he might not be feeling too good or vice versa he might be like all oh, right we're, we're we're both feeling good this week we're having really good training at the moment hitting really good numbers um and it's gonna be a good race and then also it does help with uh going into the race and using that going we are feeling really good so we can do this for example or okay, we're, you know, the swimming's not quite, you know, not feeling that great on the swim recently. So, okay, don't absolutely bury yourself in the swim because you're going to go too, too far. So yeah, we can just use that and use the information that we're getting every single day working with one another. I just wonder you know, how, the, how the partnership works in those gritty moments, in those moments when perhaps one of you isn't feeling it. Are you, are you looking at each other to spur the other on? How does that work? How does that dynamic work? Um, so I think, I think uh, even at the start of the year, we had our first, first race, just like a Brit British race uh, down in Wales. And uh, uh, I, I, I'd raced in Mallorca a week before doing a, a half Ironman. And I think I was carrying a bit of fatigue into this race with Dave the week after. And I got onto the run and I'm like, I hope he's not feeling too great today. <laughs> and uh, he absolutely was flying on the run. I don't, it, it, one of his best runs he's ever done off the bike. And I was just absolutely blowing the whole way. And but the problem is I've got to tell him 
where the obstacles are. So if like, there were bollards on the course, for example. He can't drag you around. So <laughs> I've got to tell him that there's bollards coming up so he can like either tuck into me or something like that. But I'm breathing so hard. I'm having to like <laughs> mentally prepare myself to be like, right, you're going to have to tell him bollards in a minute. Get your breathing right and then big breath and then bollards. <laughs> That's something you often expletive at me, isn't it? Well, bollards. bollards. Yeah. Or maybe something not. similar. Yeah, maybe something similar. Yeah, and it's just... Um, because there's a lot of, um, Jules mentioned it, obviously, that, that RAF or the military sort of lifestyle and the ability to communicate. Because we see quite a few guides, military guys involved in the skiing, which is a whole different sort of concept. I can, you know, I don't know if you're a skier, if you can imagine doing what you do for Dave, but going down a, down a mountain. But there's a huge element of trust as well. And that's built up. So for your and Dave's relationship, did you have to sort of build that away from triathlon or is it only, is it only important that it works when you're racing? Uh, like, are you friends? They yeah, hate yeah. each other. Yeah, this, I think this is it. Like, first of all, the skiers, my God, I do not know how they do it. Like, that is some, that is some skill else. and some yeah. effort. Um, I think me and Dave actually chatted about it and I don't think he'd ever trust me. On a, <laughs> I, I've never skied. I, I, we've ne- both of us never skied anyway. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we have to find another. Suddenly see you at the winter. Gonna have to find a new winter sport, maybe <laughs> curling or something. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think like yeah, we because we get on and we are able to like yeah, commu- like communicate quite well. It does uh, it it does help us both and yeah. Well, it, you have to be honest with each other yeah, as well. Yeah, that, and that's it. And I think that's that's quite good. Is that there is no like almost filter where it's like you know, you know, Dave will tell me so like not in a mean way or something but he might just like let me give me some feedback where you know essentially it's going to help us both so if he's like oh if we did that a bit differently this could this might this might work and you know it might not but you know essentially it might work and it you know it might be better so yeah I think I think being open and communicating what what works especially you know what I found actually is because I've I've done a bit of guiding with other visually impaired athletes is every athlete's really unique there is no there is no manual there is no book on how to guide it's it's all you get a feeling from the athlete so there are athletes that would like more description on okay what's coming up what's the road what's the surface like what are the hazards and then there's some stuff that you know dave's you know you don't really have to speak to him much but i know you sort of get a feeling from what he's what he can pick out and what he's definitely missed uh, when we're running especially like on the bike you know, just sit back, close your eyes, mate. I'll tell you when we're caught. I'll tell you when we're turning. <laughs> but keep pedaling. But keep pedaling, yeah. Um, but yeah, the run, I can sort of get a feel for what he's sort of seen and what he hasn't seen and where his blind spot is and stuff like that. So what do you like on the eve of race day and what do you like on the morning of race day? Because experience tells me that race day itself, you guys start your events really early in the day, don't you, often? So what do you like that night before? Is Dave the last voice that you hear before you turn out the light? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> separate beds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good night, good night, darling. Yeah, the, uh, you know, it's quite weird. Because, you know, we've both been doing this for like 10 years apiece, really. So 20 years experience. And yeah, there are some, that, some like nerve-wracking, you know, races, um, you know, maybe like first race of the season, commies and, you know, Tokyo. But then, you know, it's sort of, well, let's just go through the motions like we have done let's you know let's just do our business that we've been training for so I think and he's, he's quite a chill try to kill chill character Dave so he's, he's not a highly stressed uh, stressed person so he's quite good to be around if you know if you're feeling a bit like 
because I think I'll be probably the one who's panicking a bit more, uh, especially, you know, the first season I was racing with Dave, I was very much like, there's a lot of responsibility on me now. This is a whole new uh, area of sport that I've never even dipped my toe into. And then, yeah, he, he, he was really good. He was like, oh, just chill out, you know, let's do what we've been doing. You've been going really well in training. Let's just do it on race day. And yeah, it worked. Like, he's, he's bang on. How different is it when you're guiding triathlon than when you're competing because you do and have done you know as an RAF athlete um competed in in a triathlon on your own how how much does it differ so when you're doing it with a partner um yeah so I remember racing either you know uh in services races or uh like European cup races or British champs or something on my own like I was unbelievably nervous for some of these races um you know, I was like, oh, there's a lot on me. I need to I need to make sure I perform and, you know, whatever. But then um, moving over to paratriathlon, it was like, okay, I need to perform, but I need to make sure that I perform for someone else. Because if something goes wrong, it's like, oh, well, that's my result. That's my fault, whatever. But if something goes wrong, that's Dave's result. Like, it's Dave's, na- it's Dave's name on the result sheet. It's Dave's, uh, you know, essentially he can't do it with me, without me, but... He, I definitely can't do it without him. <laughs> so uh, disqualified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's definitely a sense of responsibility on 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 you. But like I said, like you, like the athletes are like fantastic. British try. They're they're just like look, just just chill out. I'm really great. Like you know, they are so grateful for people who are willing to you know offer their time to guide at any level. Like not not essentially like elite level, but even. You know, I, there was a there was a lad, the lad who uh, raced Commonwealth for Wales, uh, Rhys Jones, and uh, I guided him for his first ever triathlon in 2019. He'd never done triathlon before, and he was just he was over the moon with it. And he was just like, you know, he was really nervous then. So it sort of flipped over. I was like, oh, just relax, man. This will be, this will be okay. It's an hour. You know, it'll be it'll be good fun. This, and he loved it. And that, and then. He finished his fourth at Commonwealth Games. And he like, was overjoyed with that fourth place, yeah. wasn't he? Absolutely. What like what a nice guy he is. Like uh, we all get on really well, obviously. Um, but yeah, the work he puts in is, is is phenomenal. Like he's a doctor. Like you know he's, and yeah, if it wasn't for me guiding him for that first triathlon, he might not have done it. So you know, there's quite a lot of like reward for um, obviously <laughs> feeling a bit nervous at the race line, but then yeah. there's a reward at the end yeah. for letting someone you know allowing someone to do it. There is a, a sense that the triathlon community, particularly in this country, is a very strong one, but that also overlaps into the military triathlon community. And you guys produce so many top athletes. I'm thinking of the likes of Cap Matthews. What is it about the sport of triathlon that lends itself so well to those in the forces? I think it's sort of, I think, yeah, I think you said it really, like, because there's a massive community. And I think like the forces have this huge community and, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether triathlon, triathlon just uh, attracts people in the military because it's just the most insane sport in the world. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and uh, people in the military just love to put themselves in the locker. And what better way to do it than a triathlon? But um, so you do you do the standard distance, the Olympic distance at the moment. Would you ever step up to doing the Ironman distance? Yeah. So I've actually been last couple, last two years, two and a half years or something. I've been doing uh, like the seventy point three, the middle distance. Um, yeah, it's quite quite a long way, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> especially the it first. Is if, yeah. if you're not driving. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think like the first couple of um, first couple I did, I definitely uh, underestimated it and underfueled for them races. But you know, I've got the hang of got a bit more of the hang of it now, so I'm a bit more in the mix. Um, 
but I think, you know, I just, I just love guiding with Dave, like with Dave so much. It's not really like that's not really my focus. Like guiding is is what I do every day, and it's what we train for essentially. So I think you know if I can have a couple of races on the side, bit of a uh, bit of fun on my own, then uh, yeah, that's quite good. You've already talked about the the, the um, Pollard Ellis Corner. Um, Ellis Pollard it, Corner. Uh, sorry, Ellis Pollard. Yes, he's the athlete. Yeah. Um, it, it, you've already talked about support you had. Um, Tokyo, you've talked about how strange it was in terms of, you know, it coming out of COVID and um, the weather even. How important was it to have a home win at the Commonwealth Games? You know, like you said, some of your RAF colleagues came up, your family, your friends were able to see it. Does does that give you that extra impetus as well to, to cross the line first? Yeah, I couldn't believe, uh, like, Birmingham just in jet, like, the... It, it was yeah. honestly so we got down there a little bit earlier um obviously to set off the race and we did our warm-up on the on the on the run lap and the coach said to us look just prepare yourself that there might be a lot of people on there don't get carried around the warm-up just do your thing like and just go through emotions okay so we went out and it was a bit drizzly at the time and uh, we set off on the run run warm-up and there was not many people there and i was a bit like oh no they're all like oh it's sunday oh, we'll have a lion we'll go watch the relay later on in the day and i was like oh this is going to be you know power try don't don't normally get the big crowds like the um like the olympic counterparts do uh, so we did the warm and then uh, we stayed in like the athlete holding area for the next 45 minutes or whatever and then we started getting called up to the start line and then they started calling the start line and i remember him saying like um you know, number 621, uh, you know, four-time uh, world champion, uh, five-time European champion, Dave Ellis and his guide, Luke Potter. And then the oh, noise, <laughs> yeah, literally bumps. the noise from that was, honestly, it was incredible. It was like these people had just appeared and it was thousands of people. Been bust in for you. Yeah, I couldn't believe the noise wow. that came going down to that start line. And it's quite funny because my, uh, my sister actually was quite, obviously quite close down and she's got a video and... Uh, Dave's uh, literally just like looking around his head, just smiling, loving it. And I am just dead focused. Do not, do not take any of this in, just tunnel vision, focus on what the job is. And uh, the difference in us, it's quite funny in that video. Um, and then, yeah, so the swim went, and then I think the, the bike, it was, the, it was literally 20 kilometers of a wall of noise. Like people just lining the streets all the way down. I'm like, like that when I leave deep. the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I've never experienced anything like it in my life. Um, I don't think Dave has. Um, maybe, like, obviously Beijing, when he went to Paralympics 2008, it was loud, but it was all in one area, like one arena. Um, but this was just the whole way around. And everyone's, well, everyone, but a good portion of it, people are English. There's St. George flags everywhere. People are shouting for Dave. And it's just, like unbelievable the whole way around even going on to the run when it was where it was meant to be uh i believe it was meant to be closed some parts were meant to be closed off to spectators but i think they just was like right come on come on in if you want to come in and watch this the locals were getting them through fences yeah it was uh yeah. so the, the anthem so the anthem for england is oh, jerusalem did you yeah. do you sing along to that or were you a bit sort of uh, hum along yeah not everybody knows the words i mean we quite like <laughs> it because we follow cricket and yeah it's the it's this you know the music they play when england enter the, the cricket yeah, pitch, yeah. But, for Commonwealth Games, it's not the national anthem, but do you hum along to it or? 
Absolutely. Um, at, at home. Surely I, 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 yeah, I didn't know the words, unfortunately. But uh, they did actually take, they, they gave us the words like a, a week before and said, if you want to learn it, you can. Um, but You're like, I'm a bit busy. Yeah, I was a bit like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to focus on one thing at once first and then we might get to it. And another interesting element was that so many of the events, the para events, were running alongside the able-bodied yes. events. Now, that obviously worked at this Commonwealth Games, but a lot of para-athletes have said, please don't do it when it comes to the Olympics and Paralympics we want our own event yeah. is that something that you, you would you attest feel, to yeah yeah, you, yeah you I, feel. I i agree like i think the 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 paralympics in itself is its own entity it is like its own show it's uh i i think adding it onto the olympics it would number one it would go on forever it would yeah. go on forever but i think like it sort of almost would take the focus away from you know, what an you'd miss, you'd actually, you just miss some incredible moments and some incredible stories that happen at the Paralympics. So the commies, like, I think it was perfect. I think really worked really well. I mean, it was so good to see, you know, there was the, the mixed relay, like for triathlon, they were in the afternoon, we were in the morning and some of them, like they were arriving as we were, you know, just about finishing and they were there like, you know, cheering us on. And, you know, they're a great bunch anyway. Like you said, like triathlon, I've, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like it's in all sports where like the para side and you know um, the Olympic side get together and everyone's just good mates and everyone gets on and everyone wants the best for one another. It's all integrated and it's yeah, it's really good. That was Luke Pollard chatting to myself, Kath Brazier with Julian Evans just a few weeks ago and as he admitted, still on cloud nine after winning a Commonwealth Games gold medal. Now, our conversation with Luke is the last one for a while here on Forces Sport as we take a break to gather ourselves and hopefully return with even more fascinating guests down the line. But don't forget, as always, you can catch up with the back catalogue of our podcasts on any platform. Just search for Forces Sport. Plus, you can view all the interviews in multicolour on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel. Bye for now and thanks for listening. Listening.